Fire Within podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within Nation. This is the Fire Within podcast, where we talk about all things health and fitness related. I'm your host, Brandon, joined by my co-host, Joe. We're back in the studio. Screw you, COVID. Yeah. (laughs) There's a t-shirt and it just has a a picture of like a stick guy humping the word COVID. (laughs) That's good stuff. I think the the consensus of most people that I've talked to is like, it's serious, I know, but can we be done? (laughs) Please. My favorite meme so far is, uh, it is so American to be so bored with the pandemic that it's over. (laughs) We've just decided it's over because we're bored. Yeah, we actually went to South Carolina last weekend, and as far as I know, we could have been one of those people that were on the news about, look at these ghastly people in South Carolina not social distancing. And the rule is, you're not, you don't have to social distance from people that you share a house with. And from where we were on the beach, the beach was full, but nobody was getting like right up next to each other or anything. Like we were fine, but when you when you change the camera angle and it's got like that drone angle, it just looks packed and dangerous. I can't defend the pool party footage I saw in Missouri. That was bad. <laughs> if there's plenty of space, I can't imagine it's too much. Not any worse than, you know, Walmart, something like that. Well, I want to talk about this idea of the quarantine 15 <laughs> that you keep hearing about. I know that for me, I picked up some weight. We stopped working out together and we started back this week and it feels good to be working out again. But like all the good habits that I had about like not doing a lot of bread or stuff like that. I'm like, screw it, pizza. Yes, <laughs> ice cream. I think that was probably most of the country. Just from boredom, you've seen all the memes and things posted online where you open the fridge and there's a sign that says, you're not hungry, you're bored, go away. <laughs> the more time you spend at home, I think the more likely you are, well, I got nothing else to do. That's true. And then you multiply that when the only thing we're allowed to do is go to the grocery store. Right. So we go to the grocery store and we buy a bunch of food that's delicious. Right. Because why not? It's the only thing we can do. My wife and I had gotten into the habit of only purchasing food online and then they would just drop it up. But they closed that because they couldn't keep up. So now we had to go in the store. And so now we're just, ooh, look at that. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put that in the cart. Right. Yeah. It's uh, so tempting to grab stuff off the shelves. I did. A, I think I did a fair job. Um, of not going off the rails. Um, I think you were showing me some stats, which seem to indicate that about 50% of people didn't go off the rails. Well, in terms of exercise maintenance, so 53-ish percent, uh, according to one study on the Google, had posted that that 53% maintain their exercise habits, but that's going to come largely to equipment for a lot of people. I read another study earlier today about... The smart scales, and they seem to indicate that the majority of Americans hadn't packed on a bunch of weight, but a smaller percentage had put on a significant amount. Yeah, that's probably true. And that's where I was living. <laughs> yep, <laughs> living it up. What did you call it earlier? The quarantine fifteen. Quarantine fifteen. Uh, I think a lot of people did just out of sheer boredom. Now, some people were able to maintain their jobs, at least from a work at home standpoint. But those like my girlfriend, dental hygienist, they can't even go into work. They can't do anything. 
Yeah. So if you're used to going into the office eight hours a day and now you're on the couch with literally nothing to do, right? I'm sure for that population, it was much harder to stay out of the fridge. Well, we could binge watch Netflix, which led to this interesting number. So I don't know if this resonates with you listeners, that the amount of candy purchased went up by 266%. (laughs) Holy crap. I had no idea. (laughs) Wow. And um. Eating heavy foods like carbs and bread went up by 54%, and noodles went up by 36%. <laughs> I did a good job of staying away from that stuff personally, and I hope some of my clients have too. Wait, those numbers were collected from Weight Watchers, where like you could just lie to that app. So that's the honest people. That could be low. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Oh, man. Now, you shared a, an alarming statistic earlier that, that could kind of be a good segue into kind of talking about the gym industry and fitness in general. Can can you tell us a little bit about those numbers? So I was reading on this Forbes article here uh, called Fitness Center Sued Over Member Charges. Of course, you know, that's a whole different thing. If you're a gym and you're continuing to charge people, but they can't go to your gym, like, that's not right. I think that's crappy. Um, Like, I still had a Y membership, and they at least communicated, hey, we know you can't come to our thing. If you elect to keep paying us, that'll help us survive as a business, and we do a lot to the community, or get to one of our representatives right away, and we'll make sure that they stop drafts. And at first, I did pay them, but then when my income was unsure, I had them... Uh, stop payments. It was super easy. They were super nice. Yeah, That's the way they're not one of the be. ones listed in yeah. the in the in the yeah. people that people are suing. But um, I know that some companies also tried to put their classes online and been like, "See, we're still doing stuff, so you owe us money," which you know is honorable. You think they're trying to make their employees have something to do and keep earning a paycheck, but it's not the same as going to a gym for many people. But in this article, one of the key facts listed here is that these centers. And the centers that it's listing are centers like 24-Hour Fitness and LA Fitness, the sports club in Miami. These centers are notoriously tough to keep clean. And here's the quote, 63% of gym equipment is contaminated with viruses. Wow. That's, that's alarming. 63%. Yeah. So if there's, if there's a row of 10 elliptical machines... Six of them have viruses on them. Wow. That's nuts. I've been to to many clubs and and I know a lot of them are meticulous about spraying them down. And I know when when I worked at Lifetime, we all had a row and we had to hit it several times a day. So even despite those efforts, still coming up that high, 63%. Yeah. I think in a commercial setting, it it is tough to, to keep things clean like that. I think it's just the volume of people just back to back to back to back, you know? And if they're not being responsible and wiping down their own equipment in between, you know, the deep cleans that the staff does, it, it could definitely build up. So have you heard from any of your clients or what do you think the general feeling is from people about not being able to go to the gym? That is a big part of some people's day and some part of their life and their routine. And I know for me, not working out regularly caused me to eat more poorly. And I'll tell you why. We started working out again this week and I'm eating better because there's something in your brain about like, I didn't work out that hard to eat a freaking cheeseburger and yeah. undo everything, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think at the beginning here, I think the willingness of people to go back is going to be way down. I think as time goes on, it'll race. Cause earlier I was actually looking up for live concerts. Like there's a right. dramatic drop off. No, I'll never go to a concert again. But I think as time goes on and we start to move past that, I think that number will change. Well, a concert is also like you're shoulder to shoulder with 
everybody. Right. Exactly. In, in a gym, at least you feel like there's a you there's have a little space. bit of control over creating your six foot bubble. One study I looked at of people, what is the likelihood you'd return to a gym? Sixty eight percent were in the much less likely category. So so I think at least for a while there's gonna be a little shell shock and people aren't gonna to want to go back. That's a crazy number. So you're talking it was from statisticgod.com. And so sixty eight percent of people polled said yeah. that they were much less likely to come back. Only one percent just like was being snarky and were like, Yeah, I'm much more likely to go to the gym now that pandemics <laughs> are around. And uh <laughs> idiots two percent were <laughs> somewhat more likely they just they weren't quite as funny as the other people yeah and then 11 percent didn't really matter much to them and then only nine percent had no opinion so that's an overwhelming majority of people are like hard pass on the gyms when they open up so if you're a gym right now yikes i'm very lucky that i was able to get out on my own before all this happened you know i have the opportunity to you know i have my own equipment now and only one person at a time uses it. I can oversee that and sanitize every single piece of equipment. And a commercial gym doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there'll be a rise in more studio type fitness or what we're going to dub a, a micro gym. Yeah, um, where you got, you've got a pro level workout equipment inside of a personal trainer's house. I think that's a great name for it. Let's call it a micro gym. Micro gym. Like a micro brewery. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it are. There it are, people. <laughs> Trademarked by Joe. Uh, yeah. Write that down. Joe and Brandon. <laughs> so we've been working out at your place and it's it's nice. I mean, one thing that I like that might be a hidden benefit of this is if you've ever trained in a gym like a Lifetime Fitness or a big other gym, you get the benefit of having the other people who are in much better shape than you watch you. <laughs> and they're not like your trainer who's trying to coach you. They're just kind of like, yeah, look at that guy. <laughs> With their judgy, judgy eyes. With their judgy eyes. Which honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot of that going on, but uh, there's a few. Good news is that yourself as a personal trainer, your business has started to pick back up. Yeah, I was able to keep many clients on virtually. And then as the restrictions lifted, you know, if they felt comfortable, I have, I'm not a commercial facility. You know, I I could wipe down everything completely in between each client and, and monitor that versus, you know, big box gym trying to uh, keep all that at bay. And did you make it work with some of your clients virtually? Some of them actually really enjoy that too. And, you know, I had some that were commuting a little farther. One guy actually went to his workshop and built a bench Nice. And, uh, like out of wood? Yeah, out of wood. <laughs> Built a, a bench. They tell me what they have. I write a program specific to the equipment they have and what their body needs, and we've made it work. You would think that that would have been a big challenge for your industry to do virtual workouts pre-COVID-19 because the learning curve for people understanding how Zoom worked and being comfortable with it was like trying to ask people to download a podcast 10 years ago. Now everybody's like... Zoom experts. Yeah. I've been using FaceTime and, and even to Skype. Uh, there's a little bit of, I can't see you're not in the frame going on, but, <laughs> but that works itself out. And it's actually, it's actually been okay. And now it does help that I've already established relationships with them and I've gotten to work with them in person before. But I do think it would be very doable, even with a new client, to be able to show them the form, explain it, watch them do it and give them real time feedback. Right. I have to imagine in a lot of ways, it's not very dissimilar from a personal training session where you're right next to the person. No, not at all. It's, it's it, The only difference is no tactile response. You know, I can't 
poke the in between your shoulder blades and tell you to squeeze my finger. That's about it. If for me, what I've realized in the last year from we've been we worked out together for I don't know six seven months and then COVID and then I stopped working out for however long that was like four or five weeks. And if I look back on my life as a whole, I'm a fits and spurts kind of a guy who always thought that it was a self-motivation problem, but I am wired to work with somebody else. Like having a personal trainer, I would have thought previously, and I would imagine a lot of people live in this boat, that personal trainers are something that rich people have. Like if I'm a movie star training to be in a Marvel movie, I'm going to get a personal trainer. In having actually been trained by a great personal trainer for six, seven months, it's not at all really what I thought it was. And it's, I think, the only thing that helped me get into better shape. When you're on your own trying to work out, you have to go study before you go to the gym to figure out how to do it and do it right. And then like you're pulling out your phone halfway through watching a YouTube video being like, "Did I? does that feel right? And you get nobody to verify that it, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, or if there's a pain somewhere, you can't be like, ah, that doesn't feel right there. And it's like, well, are you doing this? Like often with you, you'd be like, oh, are you sucking in your core? Well, no, nobody, the video didn't say suck in the core. It's you know. <laughs> shoulders banging down. I started just with men's health magazines and I would run into that issue. And um, I ended up needing injections in my shoulder uh, from doing stuff improper. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't yeah. have a clue. I'm an advocate now. Like if somebody is having trouble exercising or whatnot, I'm like, man, you should try a personal trainer. I know it might sound crazy to a lot of people, but I think you get a lot more bang for your buck using a personal trainer than you do paying for a gym membership. Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe. So why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook. Read the testimonials and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com. And there's benefits to all of it, but but having that one-on-one attention, uh, even if it's just for a short period, you know, if, if you are somebody that likes to do it, find a trainer that's willing to teach you, not just take you through motions. And then if you stay, it's because you like the accountability and the progression, not because you don't know what to do. If you get a trainer like yourself who has a micro gym. There you go. That's right. (laughs) Then you got the benefit of- We are micro-brewing gains, folks. Yes, micro-brewing gains. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the title of the episode, micro-brewed gains. Yeah, high-gravity gains. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Grain-free, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, beer's a bad analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the one of my early nutrition workshops I did, I did for a run club at a brewery in the middle of all the vats, talking about the natures of wheat grain and corn, on insulin and stuff like that. So that was an awkward setting for for that. I'm not against uh, having a beer once in a while, though. 
Ironically, I had a Corona last night. <laughs> you know, one of my clients had it and just, we just started laughing. We were cleaning out some stuff and she's like, here, take this. Uh, I was like, all right. And uh, actually, you know, Corona wasn't a bad beer. You know, usually some of the heavier ones make me feel kind of crummy. I felt fine. And so just- speaking of alcohol, here's an interesting stat and I'd love to hear your guess on it. Sales of alcohol beverages this quarter versus last year's first quarter. I would think it would mirror what's going on with candy. I'm going to go two and a half times more. Yeah, it's 55% increase. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, ah, I'm bored day drinking. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got people with kids at home and they're homeschooling and uh, trying to figure out how to do your job at home. But now that everything's settled a little bit, I think our house is, I think we're hitting a groove. I think my wife is not very excited about returning to full-time office work. She loves her job, but she has been able to accomplish it well from home. And I think she's kind of like finger crossed, like, man, I hope we get to keep doing this. Yeah, I bet a lot of industries start switching more to that. I mean, if the employees are happier and it saves overhead. Right. uh, But I do think there's something for a company getting together, sharing similar ideals in the community aspect too. So I I don't know where it's all going to end up. So here's another interesting fact about Corona, the beer. What percentage of people in the United States are drinking during work? Oh, wow. I'm going to say 15%. 36% of men <laughs> and 26% of women said they drink during work hours at home. <laughs> Holy crap. That, that is nuts. Oh, man, drinking on the job. Well, at least they're not operating heavy machinery. Well, you know what? It, maybe... There's a Zoom call, it's a meeting, and everybody's drinking, and it's like a happy hour. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe well, they used to have Beer that. 30, especially the tech companies. You know, I Rockstar Connect are networking groups that happen in our area, and I get a lot of emails from them promoting their three martini lunch. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a throwback to like the Don Draper Mad Men kind of days where it's like there was a wet bar in the corner of the office. (laughs) Engineers are notorious for having kegs on campus. Yeah. How were you able to kind of keep your personal fitness going? Is it just so ingrained in you that you didn't have to keep thinking about it? You know, I had to pick up a side job, a side gig to keep the income in to, to stay afloat. I did some construction and it actually was construction's pretty, hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Carrying doors and stuff upstairs and it beat the crap out of me, man. It was tough to be motivated. So it opened my eyes to, you know, when I worked at a gym, it's easy. It's a no brainer to get my workout in, but people working a full day's job, especially if it's physically demanding right. to have the motivation to work out after it, it's impossible. It's just not going to happen. So the frequency of my workouts did drop off. Right. Instead of five, six days a week, it was two or three days a week. But I was completely spent and wiped out. But I was able to, because of the equipment, I was able to salvage. Before, you know, right when gyms closed, the day they closed, I panic shopped and yeah. I bought dumbbells. And, and, and many people did, right? Yeah. Like you had a hard time finding stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of things that as soon as COVID hit, I think people were surprised. And we all know about toilet paper. But- Gym equipment was one of those things that went like crazy. Also, motorcycles. Anything having to do with teleconferencing. Everything was gone. Like the stuff to make your DSLR cameras, be web cameras and stuff like that. Gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, but no, I was able to at least keep up two to three days a week. Uh, but I think the intensity of my workouts went up and I was actually a little bit more recovered and I felt like I was getting more out of the workouts. Yeah. Because uh, maybe my frequency was too high earlier. Are right. you excited about this new potential model for like this micro gym where you're not bound to, like you're kind of pandemic proof in a sense. Yeah. Where you can have people as long as they're willing to come out and come come on over. And it, I mean, I'm sure depending on people's level of comfort, you could wear like a do-rag around your face, you know, so you're not, because they say that the mask is for the protection of other people from droplets right. and yeah. stuff. Did you hear about the CDC study that, that it's actually pretty hard to catch it from hard surfaces? Yeah, I read that article because people were like wiping, wiping down their groceries and stuff. Right. And I was happy to see that because that's, that's like a whole other level of almost paranoia, but I suppose it's still possible to get. Right. Uh, but I was happy to hear that it's not uh, likely. I wonder if COVID-19 is going to be one of those things that we actually really get to understand in hindsight. Like, cause it feels like the data is always changing. The numbers are always changing and we don't have a, we don't have a, a cure yet. Not knowing what the cure is, we don't fully understand the disease yet. And in hindsight or an autopsy, we'll be able to kind of, oh, this is exactly why it went the way that it did. But it's a little, it's a little tough not knowing that information now. Yeah. And here's the thing. These things can mutate and there could be other strands of it. And I don't know. I, I would want, I'm curious to see how we deal with it in, in the future. Cause we can't, I can't imagine shutting down everything every time one of these pops up, depending on the frequency of, of, you know, I don't know how it works. Could people even manufacture this? You know, all the conspiracy theories that this was a manufactured disease. Can right. they do that? And I think the last real pandemic, like that is, Although I don't think it's as, I'll have to look it up, but I don't know if it's better or worse, but think of the Spanish flu. They didn't have the same means of tracking it as we do now uh, with all the technology that we have. And so we're going to have a very great understanding in hindsight of where it went wrong and who made what choices incorrectly at what time. But right now it's really tough to make decisions that are wise without the benefit of hindsight. Absolutely. You may have read the news article that um, that had been circulating around, and this website here that I'm on, everydayhealth.com, is quoting that news article about how getting enough vitamin D could protect you from COVID-19. The news article that referencing was talking about how those people who got really sick with COVID-19 and were not asymptomatic and had a hard time dealing with the disease, some of the contributing factors that linked the people that had a lot of symptoms versus the asymptomatic people were high blood pressure, obesity, and a lack of vitamin D. One of our last episodes we did before we went off air for a bit, we were talking about the importance of getting sunlight every day. And we do absorb vitamin D from the sun and that does reinforce your immune system and makes it a lot easier to fight off something like that. It's a challenging time for people because we're being asked to stay home and, <laughs> and not go outside. <laughs> And we've got this vitamin D deficiency that could be a contributing factor. This might be one of those instances where you might want to consider a supplement. Yeah, I think if you do, uh, vitamin D should be cared, uh, paired with K2, and it should be in the form of D3 paired with K2 for, for best absorption. But still, even just getting outside in the backyard, even if it's cloudy out, you're still going to absorb vitamin D. And earlier in the morning is the best time, like 9, 10 a.m.-ish. Oh, really? Even though you don't get a suntan during those hours, it's the best time to absorb vitamin uh, D? 
One of the best times, yeah. And for circadian rhythm health too. Now that changes based on where you're located away from the equator. So like if you're in, you know, Alaska or Antarctica, it's going to be completely different times. But at least for the East Coast, you know, somewhere between uh, 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. in that, that window is usually the best times. And it's not as well absorbed in the winter as it is in the summer. So so it all has to do with our how the Earth's relationship to the sun is. I want to get back to this idea of the micro gym. If you were like me and you're realizing the gym's closing and not working with a trainer equaled a very strong case of quarantine 15, yep. <laughs> then how do people get a hold of you, Brandon? The easiest way to get in contact with me would be my phone number, 919-285-8906, or my email address, which is firewithinnf at gmail.com, and that's N is in nutrition, F is in fitness, or through the website, which is firewithinnf.com, and there'll be a link to, to my contact there. And so how would it work if somebody's like, I want to work out, what's the first thing you would do with them? Always a consult. Uh, I want to understand their goals. I want to understand past experience, what has worked, what hasn't worked, what do you like, what don't you like. That way we can put a plan together that one you enjoy, which means you'll stick with it better. And I don't cookie cutter anything. Everything is catered specific to the individual. So we'll have that consult. We'll get to do that. Hopefully I'll get to take you through some movement patterns, understand how your body works, make sure you don't get injured. And then I'll know how to structure a, a periodized plan from there. Right. And for me, like one of those things, when we went through all that, the movement pattern thing, I did not even know that there was such thing as corrective exercises. Yeah. And there were just parts of the way that my body worked that just need extra work to prevent injury and to make sure that I continue to remain healthy, which is pretty cool. So is there a range that people usually settle on? Is there an average range of how many times a week that they'll work out? Typically, it's uh, either twice or three times a week. It's, you know, I think an hour a week is difficult to make a huge difference unless they're really, really self-motivated. Now, I have had a few clients where that's done well, but they're extremely dedicated and they'll do three or four more days on their own. Most people, the motivation piece is the hardest thing. So I would say at least twice a week, that gives us some variety of, of how we can split up the workouts for their body and their needs. And then oftentimes they'll add in either a half hour call or a third session for nutrition, or uh, I even have five day a week clients, but I'd say the average is two to three times a week. And is there any specific type of client that is, I mean, you have clients of all kinds, right? You have men, women, children. Yeah. My youngest client right now is a 16. I've, I've worked with as young as eight. My oldest client right now is 73. Mm -hmm. I've worked in professional athletes. I've worked with people who've never touched a piece of gym equipment in their life. Doesn't matter. So we could find something. I could be more nutritionally focused, could be more strength training focused, but I do think the two need to work together. Right. And have you worked with people with like special needs or degenerative diseases? And I've worked with cerebral palsy. I've worked with Down syndrome. I've worked with Parkinson's diabetes, all kinds of things. And I've reversed a lot of type two, depending on what stage they're in and, and what shape the pancreas is in. Sometimes that's completely reversible. That's exciting. We talk about on the show often at Fire Within Nutrition, which is your, which is your company and this website, that you need a sustainable science-based approach in what that means and what that had meant for me and helped me make a lot of sense out of it is you don't need a crash diet. You don't need to work really hard for a month to get beach bod ready. You need to find out what makes sense for the level of health that you want in your life and do that consistently for the rest of your life. Right. 
Because these crash diets and crash programs, I know how to make somebody drop 30 pounds in a month, but typically that approach doesn't last and could lead to health problems down the road. So that's if that's what you're looking for, I'm not your guy. I want what's sustainable and what's going to lead you to long-term success. Right. No shortcuts. I know you feel strongly that it starts with nutrition. Right. And so is that part of the consult that you offer? People get on board? Absolutely. I want to um, understand some of their nutrition habits. Sometimes we could take a deeper dive and I have other things I offer like in-home services where we'll look through every item in the cabinet and, and in the fridge and I'll talk to how it is going to help them with their goals. Uh, we could do guided grocery store tours as well. Uh, I'll go shopping with you. You can have a personal trainer, nutrition coach follow you around the store and explain every single item that goes into your cart and make suggestions and recommendations. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. If you're looking for a little bit of, of assistance through this, if you're afraid to go back to the gym, if you if you want some accountability, I'd love to at least have a consult with you. Other than that, you know, I'm, I'm not against going back to the gym if you feel comfortable doing that. You know, 66% of people don't. Or 68. <laughs> 68. Six, I don't remember. It's high. Almost 70, yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're one of those 70% of people that don't feel comfortable, maybe it's time that you consider using a personal trainer. Yeah, at a micro gym. At a micro gym. <laughs> and get your high gravity gains. <laughs> and get your high gravity gains. There it is. Good stuff. Well, uh, I guess that's it for today. Let me know your comments, uh, anything you'd like to hear on the show. We're back. We're live. We're kicking. We're going to keep this thing going. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. 